Welcome to Luke 21 Radio, a broadcast explaining biblical prophecy in the tradition of St. Augustine. And now, from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood, and welcome to Luke 21 Radio. We are in Daniel chapter 9. Today's episode I'm entitling, The Two Best Ways to Predict the future. Let's take a look at Daniel chapter 9, just the first verse as it opens up. It says, in the first year of Diarius, a Mede, he became king over the realm of the Chaldeans. What happened is that in Daniel so far, we've seen two different types of images of four world empires, the first one being the Babylonians. They had conquered the Israelites, deported them, Daniel and his companions among them, to Babylon. And now the Medes, where the second world empire had conquered the Babylonians. So there was a new king, a new empire, and this was a major world event. And sometimes when a world event happens, it might be something political, might be something economic, cultural, even geophysical type things going on. It could prompt us to discern what might be going on around us in the present as well as the future. And this this occurred in 586, 587 B.C., So the overthrow of the first world kingdom gets Daniel thinking. And it's not a bad idea to start thinking when you see things changing, major changes, shakeups even, and or even calamities, and it should move us to investigate on a deeper level. But where do we turn? And that's why I want to talk about the two best ways to predict the future. When I was in seminary, our our seminary was given an opportunity to do a sermon on the county fair on Sunday morning. And so (laughs) some seminarian was going to go and do some open-air preaching at at the fair, and people were asking around, and it seems that I was the only one that they uh, could find who had done any open-air preaching. So I started my sermon like this. Hi, I'm here to tell you about Jesus. Please come close. No, I didn't start that because they would have headed for the exit. I said, come on over. I want to tell you your future. Everybody wants to know their future. Come on. I really mean this. I want to tell you your future. And people came. And when they came, I started telling them about the two ways. In the Old Testament, there's a whole chapter in Deuteronomy 28 saying if you choose one way, if you choose the way of obedience to God, you will be blessed in all these multiple uh, ways, comprehensive ways, versus if you choose to go away from God, there will be curses of disobedience. And the same thing is proclaimed in Leviticus chapter 26, a little bit more condensed, but the same thing, the two ways. Jesus taught the two ways in the Sermon on the Mount, the broad way and the narrow way. And I want to be clear that the two ways can uh, apply to a whole nation and it can apply to an individual. And in the early church document called the Didache, the teachings of the apostles used in the early church, it begins with talking about the two ways. It was the way to teach 
discipleship. I'm just going to give you an example from Deuteronomy 28. Again, you predict the future by a moral discernment. Are you way are you in the way of obedience or are you in the way of disobedience? And Deuteronomy 28 verse 12, this one is just it's dollars and cents. It's pretty straightforward and simple to see and it's just an example. Deuteronomy 28:12, you shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. Now, Lord, you'll be above the nations. Conversely, later in the chapter, the curses of disobedience, Deuteronomy 28, starting in verse 43, the sojourner who is among you shall mount above you higher and higher, and you shall become lower and lower. He shall lend to you, and you shall not lend to him. He shall be the head, and you shall be the tail. All these curses shall come upon you and pursue you and overtake you till you are destroyed, because you did not obey the voice of the Lord your God. So here's the economic realm. Everybody knows what's what's the future of our economy here in the United States. If you're in the United States, if you're listening for overseas, you want to know the future of your nation, you want to know the future of yourself. Ask yourself, which of the two ways am I walking? But we're not just solitary individuals. We're a part of a people, a culture, and a nation which we live. Which way is our nation walking? I think it's not coincidence that the United States, perhaps one of the most prosperous nations, probably the most prosperous nation in the history of mankind, became the world's largest debtor country in 1985. And here you have the two ways working out in the economic realm, but there's many other ways from military to government to um, health, all kinds of things going on. So, obedience or disobedience from the choice of the two ways is the first and most effective way to predict the future. Again, this is a moral prediction. It's not a crystal ball. And just ask yourself, which of the two ways is our nation on? Maybe in the past had taken another way. What are we taking as a path today? Now, right along with that first way is a second most reliable way to predict the future, and it is, and I'm going to say it point blank, it's the Word of God proclaimed in Holy Scripture. We want objective things, and the second most reliable way to predict the future is the Word of God proclaimed in sacred Scripture. Now, I'm going to say some things that are going to shake the tree a little bit, so here we go. We are not talking about internet prophecies that uses God's name in a little verse here or there out of context. I don't Actually, internet prophecies are in their own category. I personally would recommend staying far away from them until you're well, well versed in your catechism, your papal documents, and above all, the Bible itself. But When we're talking about reliable way to predict the future, we're not talking about apparitions. We're not talking about visions. We're not talking about dreams. We're not necessarily talking about theological experts, okay? 
these are secondary sources, good sources, but secondary sources. Private revelation or a person's even expert opinion is not the same as public revelation. And so often when it comes to predicting the future, everybody kind of wants the easy way and go where somebody has a dream. Somebody blogs about something uh, other than Scripture itself. And even when it's using Scripture, you have to double check by investigation. When I've told you before, but one of the simplest ways to do it is I like section 675 of the Catechism. It's just right in the middle of talking about the end times. And just look at those paragraphs around section 675, and then look at the footnotes, the scriptural footnotes, and that's how the Catechism is using the scripture to interpret the future. If you don't double check, you'll find there are experts that have quite a wide hearing that aren't teaching the same thing as the catechism teaches and the scripture teaches. So Daniel was prompted to investigate both the present and the future. And this might sound strange, but I believe sometimes understanding the present, what's really in front of our eyes, can be as difficult as predicting the future. Because when we predict the future, even apart from divine revelation, you can see certain trends uh, maturing and spreading. Well, you can then project that into the future, but sometimes the present is so hard to see. For instance, many prophecy experts, I'm not talking about Catholic ones, but non-Catholic ones, uh, can't see the kingdom of God in front of their nose. They believe that that's the kingdom comes to earth after the second coming of Jesus and don't realize that with his ascension coinciding with his first coming, the kingdom came. So any case, Daniel was prompted by world events to investigate the scriptures, understanding the present and the future using the scriptures, along with the moral question, which of the two ways am I on? Which of the two ways is my nation on? Is the fact of what does the scripture teach, not secondary things. And so it says in verse 2 of Daniel 9, in the first year of his reign, I perceived in the books the number of years which according to the word of the Lord, according to Scripture, to Jeremiah the prophet must pass before the end of the desolations of Jerusalem, namely 70 years. So Daniel, prompted by current events, went to Scripture and realized that this could be something to do with Jeremiah's prophecy of a 70-year deportation to Babylon. And this is revealed to us in Jeremiah 29.10. This is the teaching. For thus says the Lord, when 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will visit you and I will fulfill to you my promise to bring you back to this place. That's Jeremiah 29.10. And where did Jeremiah get that? Well, remember I said there are two places in the Old Testament that teach the two ways? Deuteronomy 28, Leviticus 26. And in Leviticus 26, it says, I will scatter you among the nations. Uh, 
and your land shall be a desolation, and then the land shall enjoy its Sabbaths. Because in Leviticus, it teaches that every seventh year, there needs to be a Sabbath year where the land lied fallow. But, you know, it's kind of hard to trust God when it comes to economics, so they didn't do it. So they were deported for 70 years, so the land would have its Sabbath. So Daniel figured out the future by A, the word of God, Jeremiah 29.10, and Jeremiah 29.10 comes straight from Leviticus chapter 26, speaking about the land having its Sabbath rest. Now, how do I know that? Let's go back to the Bible again. See how we're predicting the future here? We're just putting ourselves in Daniel's shoe. Shoes in Second Chronicles 36, it says he took into exile in Babylon. Those who escaped the sword became servants to him, the king of Babylon, verse 21 of Second Chronicles 36, to fulfill the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah until the land had enjoyed its Sabbaths. All the days that it lay desolate, it kept Sabbath to fulfill 70 years. So you see the combination of the two ways. Which way are we on? Are we on the way of blessing or are we on the way of cursing and judgment? Deuteronomy 28, Leviticus 26, that's a prime way to predict the future along with the public revelation of the Word of God in Scripture. And that's how you can reliably predict the future. I'm Steve Wood, your host, and you've been listening to episode 162 of Luke 21 Radio. Luke 21 is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. To learn more about biblical prophecy and to order copies of Luke 21 broadcasts, visit us online at luke21.com.